follow along as I read today's scripture, New Testament scripture, from Matthew chapter 6. It's on page 6 of your New Testament section in the Bible. If you'd like to turn there and follow along with me. Hear the word of the Lord. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, it's been a hard week, hasn't it? Las Vegas. How do you even address this? Steve left to go to Hawaii. Mary Kay was on vacation last week. And I have to preach the Sunday after the largest mass shooting in U.S. history. What in the world? What do I say? And today is also the beginning of stewardship season at FPC. Maybe another reason why there are some empty seats here. I'm supposed to preach a sermon that gives us the warm fuzzies so that you'll want to make a pledge to the church. And we're all supposed to leave this place inspired and happy. But instead, as a nation, we have spent the last week shocked and traumatized and mourning, or at least we should be mourning. So I can't not address this. We need to take a moment this morning and acknowledge that it has been a very hard week. 
a horrible week for those in Las Vegas and in our country and around the world who had loved ones there. So I didn't change the text I was going to preach today, but I might have changed the title a little bit. The title in your bulletin reads, Growing Treasure. But I think the title this morning needs to be, Where is Your Heart? Because that's the question this teaching of Jesus in Matthew begs us to ask. Where is your heart? You know, that's a question that everybody's asking about the shooter in Las Vegas. What was his motivation? Why did he do something like this? What was in his heart? That's what people want to know. Now, of course, no one really knows what he was thinking or feeling or what caused him to act the way he did. But people are calling him pure evil, or they're saying that he had a severe mental illness. And how can people be making judgments like that when they didn't even know this man? And I think they can make those kind of statements because it's the sum of his actions. You know, the accumulating of the weapons, how he might have spent his money, the fact that he liked to gamble. The news is acquiring all these pieces of information about his life because they want to know what kind of person he was. And it doesn't matter if he told others a different story about himself or if he tried to portray a different image. It's really actually how he lived and what he did on his last day, that last act that gives us a clue to what and who he was, what he desired, what was in his heart. And that's a plain and simple truth that Jesus is getting across in our scripture lesson today. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, the life that you are building, how you're spending your life, what you're investing your time and energy and money in, that's really where your heart is. It doesn't matter if you say you love something, but if your actions don't back that up, it's really not very important to you. For example, I'd like to say I love to read, but how many books have I read in the last year? To be honest, not that many, unless you count children's books. I say I love to eat healthy, but how many times have I eaten french fries last month? Probably a lot. I love my kids. How many times in this last week have I been distracted by my iPhone and not given them my full attention? Probably a lot. I say I love my husband, but how many times have I spoken harshly and condescendingly to him? I know you're thinking probably and not, but I did not say one harsh word to him this morning. It does not matter what we say we love. The cumulative actions of our lives speak louder than words 
about where our hearts really are. And so you could open up our calendars or our calendar apps, and you could take a peek into our bank accounts. And friends, that would tell you the real story. That would tell you what things are really important to you and to me, how we prioritize our time and our money. So I'll ask it again. Where is your heart? Jesus says, wherever your treasure is. And so Jesus asks us that question. And he says, if you really want to know where Esther's heart is, if you want to know where your heart is, what we actually care about and love and have our affections on and our desires upon, then we need to follow the trail to where our treasure is because there's a link from our treasure, and by treasure I don't mean just money and possessions, although that's a part of it, but our time and even people, those things and, and people that are important to us. There's a link between what is most important to us and our hearts. So where's your heart? This word, the living word Jesus, asks us to face this question, to take stock of our lives, to have the courage to honestly assess where we are actually spending our days, our efforts and energy, and also literally our money to determine what is that what it is that we actually love, not just what we say we love. Where's your heart? That's the first question. And the second question is, I only have two points in my sermon, not very Presbyterian, but two, two points. First question, where's your heart? And the second question is, where do you want it to be? Where do you want it to be? Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, Jesus says, where moth and rust and decay can ruin it, where thieves can come in and take it. Jesus is not saying we shouldn't store up treasure. Do you see that? He's telling us where to put it. Store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, he says, because that's the place of permanence where nothing can rot the treasure, where no one can take it away or steal it from you. There's a story about John Ortberg, whose uh, grandmother always beat him in Monopoly. Now, John would spend summers often with his grandmother, and she would come visit, and they would play Monopoly together. But he would always want to hang on to his money in Monopoly, and she would always win it all. So finally, he figured out that the way to win was by ruthless acquisition. So the next summer, when Grandma came to visit, he was ready. They got out the Monopoly game, and they put all the money out, and they started playing, and sure enough, he finally beat her. He took all her money, every last dollar, and left her bankrupt. And with satisfaction, he looked at her and said, Grandma, I finally beat you. And then his grandmother took the Monopoly board, folded it back up, put it in the box, poured all the pieces in there, and said to John, Now you are going to learn the second lesson, and it is more important than the first. When the game is over, 
It all goes back in the box. Isn't that so true? If you live without knowing that when the game is over, it all goes back in the box, if you live without knowing that or believing that, you will be very, very disappointed at the end of the game. So I want to ask you, where do you want your heart to be? Because there's this link between treasure and heart. Where we build our treasure is also where our heart will be. And friends, this is actually a message of grace. Jesus talks about the birds and the flowers of the field later on in a sermon, which you heard in our text. And his point there is that they don't worry and they don't fear about their lives. And yet so many of us live motivated by anxiety and fear. And we build our treasure on earth because we're fearful of what will happen if we don't. But imagine with me, dream with me, what if your heart wasn't fearful or worried? What if you had peace and joy? And so my question is, where do you want your heart to be? We need to begin with that end in mind. Jesus is saying you're going to be building treasure on earth or in heaven. It's not like you're not building treasure, one or the other. But where are you going to be building that treasure? Do you want your heart to be generous? Do you want to have a heart for the poor? Do you want to have a greater love for God? Do you want to live a life that is full of trust in God and full of peace and joy and contentment? Dream about a life like that. Where do you want your heart to be? Stressful, full of bitterness, envy, and fear? Or full of joy and trust and hope and freedom? So here's the good news. Even if our hearts are not where we want them to be, we can make a difference where they are. We can make a difference where our desires and our affection and our love is by where we build our treasure. You may not be feeling very generous. You may be stressed out by your finances or by your life. You may not love giving of your time and your resources. But I promise you, if you start making small investments in the places where you want your heart to be, that treasure will grow. And so will your love, and so will your priorities around those things of God that he loves. Steve and Mary Kay and I and all pastors, the church, we don't ask you to give. The session doesn't ask you to give because God needs your money. Jesus asks you to give, to build treasure in heaven so that you will experience the lasting joy and peace and freedom that he offers. It's where he is. And he wants you to be free from building in a place where it's going to all go in the box in the end. So this past week, I got a piece of mail that I put on the kitchen table and didn't open. It was a letter from St. Jude's Children's Hospital. And 
I didn't open it, but my daughter Allison saw it on the table and said, hey, mom, this is addressed to you, but can I open it? And I said, sure. So she opens the envelope, and those of you who've gotten one of these letters, what does she find inside? Address labels. Okay, who has gotten one of these letters? Yes, right? So they're personalized address labels with my name and address on them, and Allison, who had never seen this before, said, oh, mom, this is so cute. Look, they sent you free address labels. And then she opened the letter and read it, and she realized that they were asking for a donation to the children's hospital. And so she said, mom, they're asking for money. And I said, I know, honey. She's like, well, don't you want to give them something? And I tried to tell her, well, we you know, give to different places, the church and all these other things, and I don't think that we can give to them. And so then she looked at me and said, well, then can I give? And I said, well, what do you mean, Allison? She said, well, I have money in my piggy bank. If you write the check and send it in, and I'll give you my $20, can I give the money? And I kind of wanted to tell her, no, you just need to keep that in the piggy bank and save it. But I just knew that this was a a moment for a lesson, a lesson for me. (laughs) So I say to her, well, Allison, why why do you want to give to St. Jude's Children's Hospital? And she says, because it helps kids with cancer. Duh. And then she said, and what else am I going to do with it? Now, of course, she's young. She's 10. She doesn't understand the full, the full um, seriousness of saving money and all that. She doesn't understand all that. And yet she has this childlike faith and this trust and this generosity of heart that so often as adults we lose, don't we? And in that moment, that was a lesson straight from God to me. What else am I going to do with it? Don't you know that Allison, because she has given even in that small way to this small charity, that her heart and her love for this cause and for these children will grow because of that investment? And that's the same for us. If we make small investments in the kingdom of God, as we make small changes in how we prioritize our time, as we give faithfully to God's ministry, God changes our hearts to make our hearts fall in line with his priorities and fall more in love with God. Where is your heart? And where do you want it to be? Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.